There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Some families have two mums. Some families have two dads. And some families have a daddy and two mummies. There are countless iterations of what different families look like today. Some families, we're a brand new podcast for every type of LGBTQ plus family. We're going to answer questions. We're going to break down myths. We're going to share funny, emotional and also true stories from our community. And hopefully that is going to resonate with everybody listening. I'm Lottie Jeffs, an author, journalist and reformed magazine editor and a mum of one. And I'm Stu Oakley, a film publicist who thought I was used to dealing with divas until I had toddlers. Here's a sneak peek of what is coming up this series. It actually comes up in conversation more times than you might believe. And I don't know which one is right for me yet. I had a very differing view to him up until recently. I was all about biological babies. Um, I think I'm willing to kind of throw that away because I, I think I'd be a really, really, really good dad. And when I think, I think so about too. it, I get a warm feeling in my belly. I don't have what I did have, which is panic. And that has come from finding a partner who I think could be a dad with me mm-hmm. and be an amazing, loving father. Adoption was the only, the only means that we looked into becoming parents. You know, you have to want it enough that you're going to change your life because you know what? Any child throws your life upside down. An adopted child will literally flip it. I can't imagine life without them, and I wouldn't want life without them. So actually, there isn't anything else before. This is it. This is what I have, and this is what I'm really happy with. I just knew that I wanted to become a parent one day, and uh, the older I got, further away I came from finding my Mrs. Wright. And um, I thought, right, it's time to take the bull by the horns and go down this path on my own. Picture just popped up. We're looking at the screen. Pregnancy test, and it was a positive one. Yeah. So we knew we, we were one of the lucky ones that particular time. But yeah, IVF is gruelling. And you don't realise how challenging it is until you're in with that trying to conceive community. Once you lift the lid in it, the close groups and the networks and the friends that we've developed and the relationships we've made within the TTC community, it's massive. 
you know, the more people talk about it, the more normal it is, and the more normal it is, the less homophobia there'll be, and the less homophobia, the, you know, the better quality of life our children have and, and will have as a family. The reason I wrote my book is because there was nothing. There was nothing at all that was, a, that, that, that was about what I was going through. We need visibility. We need as much visibility as possible. So we need to create a support network. We need to create a, a group where people can feel that they can tap into something and go, oh, um, these people are going through exactly what I'm going through, which is that um, what is already normal. Same-sex couples are, have, are, have families. The kids are going to be asking, oh, these kids got two mums, these kids got two dads, one mum, one dad, you know, and they, all kids will want to know, you know, what's happening. And I think for other parents to be informed. At the end of the day, we're just a family getting through stuff like every other family out there. But we've got a mummy, a mama, a boy, a girl, and a cat. Welcome to Some Families, the LGBTQ plus parenting podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting a family, has a family, or thinks maybe possibly one day in the future they might like to consider it. We will be answering all of your awkward questions, talking to loads of amazing guests, and sharing some of our stories. Stu Hello. is my amazing, fabulous co-host. Hello. Yes, very excited. Very excited to be going on this queer parenting journey That's with you. It's a journey. It is a journey. It, is. And there's it a actually lot of, is, though. And there's a lot of things and a lot of bumps along the road. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a like lot of fun along the road. Kids in the back shouting, are we nearly there yet? Mm-hmm. Or projectile vomiting. Yeah. Um, don't let that put you off if you <laughs> want to be a parent. There's also lots of fun times and lots of magical times and lots of beautiful times. So, so Stu... Yes. Yes. Who is she? Who was she? And who does she want to be? That is a very loaded question. Very loaded. But I am I am Stu Oakley. Um, I am a film publicist by day. And by night, I am a gay father of two. Um, and by like morning, weekends. <laughs> and morning and weekends and every moment in between. Uh, but yeah, I'm a father to two and my husband and I adopted and they're beautiful and I love them and I will put up with their projectile vomiting in the back of the car. When did you adopt? We adopted, oh, it was a year and a half ago, but, but, but hang on one second before we get into me, Lottie. I want to briefly know about you as well. Oh, you know what I'm like. No, you know, it's, I know. Ne- it's never about me. It's just always. And it's all about me. Yeah. No, but Lottie, tell us, okay. who are you? Before we get into me, who are you and what is your story? So my name is Lottie and I am the other mother to a beautiful baby girl. Um, She's a toddler. She is um, amazing. She's so wildly intelligent and curious and just blows my mind every single day. And my wife got pregnant via IUI which we'll talk loads more about in future episodes. We're one of the really, really lucky ones in that it worked for us and it worked like really straightforwardly and first time and feels like such a blessing and a privilege. And I know so many other people don't have such a easy time of it. So I'm just every day like so thankful. More Some Families in a moment. Stick around. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And we're back. So now we're actually talking about you, Lottie. Oh, we are. Funny how that happens. Funny how you just turn that around. <laughs> yeah. Should we go back to you? That's, uh, Is that what you're trying to say? Well, maybe. Maybe if you want to put it on me. Yeah. Let's let's put it on you. Okay. So you're an adopted, an adoptive dad? Adopter, adoptee. Adopt, adoptee. Yes. We adopted... Uh, in June 2018 mm-hmm. is when our daughter and our son moved in with us. And how old were they at the time? Uh, the our daughter was two and a half and our son was six months. Wow. Six, like within the days he was seven months. Um, and it was just, it was just wonderful. And we'd obviously been on a journey before then as well to get them to that stage. Mm-hmm. But having them move in with us and having that first day what was that first day like like putting them to bed that night and knowing that in the morning they'd be there there is a there's a process that goes with adoption Mm. and one of the processes that they put into place which I think is brilliant and the way that it's managed and it's different for every family and you know disclaimer for everything we talk about on our podcast is everything is different for every single family every family is unique Mm. you know you can be a gay couple with two kids via adoption and your journey could be completely different. Totally, yeah. Um, so, I mean, Angelina, Jolie and I are, you know, very similar in many I ways. I mean, it's not the only thing you have in common. But, you know... Excellent taste in men. Exactly, exactly. Oh, God. I love you, John, but... Yeah. Brad. Brad. Mm, okay. But we'll move on from that. So... I'm thinking about Brad. I yeah, no, you're talking about, about the process. It's, it's, it's the process. So, so the process, just taking one step back to when they moved in, you go through a whole process of once you've been matched with the children and you've got to know them from afar, there is a period of time before they move in with you where you almost insert yourselves into their lives in their foster home slowly. Mm-hmm. So we spent a was 10 days, I think, in total where... We met them on the first day and we spent an hour and a half with them and then we went away and the next day we spent a little bit longer and then a little bit longer and a little bit longer. So by the 10th day, we were there at 6am getting them up in the morning. We were the first things they saw and then we were there right to the end of the day putting them to bed. So for them, the continuity was we were 
by the end of it, we were with them constantly. And I suppose at that young age, they have so little sense of time and how much time's passed. For them, I can imagine that yeah. at that young age, that really works and like you're just their primary caregiver. 100%. And then before that stage, we then prepare introductory materials, which is we have to create, and I'm sure there's a lot of adoptive parents that relate to this, the cheesiest video you have ever seen because it had to be suitable for a two and a half year old oh cute and then also for our son even though he was only six months it would be about listening to the sounds and our voices and and whatnot but it was basically my husband and I doing this play school style video (laughs) where dad and I are watching Peppa Pig would you have to come and watch Peppa Pig with us and and oh, we're playing in the sandpit now. You can come and play in the sandpit with us too. And these are our dogs. And they're like, meanwhile, your daughter's cheesy. watching. Like, who are these giant like, babies oh about God, to look after me? Who are these me? people? But it didn't. It worked, and it was beautiful. Um, they, the foster parents, were amazing, and they showed that video. So they only do it within a week period as well, because, like you were saying, for time, mm. in the sense of a little one's mind. They don't want to tell them too soon because then they're like, well, where are dad and daddy? They're not showing up. So they condense it to just a week before we arrive. Mm. And they show them that video and pictures and images as much as they can. Our daughter literally knew that video off by heart. When we watched it with her, when we were with her, she knew every single bit that was coming next. and every So she knew it. So therefore, when we knocked on the door... She went, Dad, Daddy. Oh, my God, that must have been amazing. Straight away. And my heart. Walking up to that door and walking up the path, I thought I was going to be physically sick. I've never felt that. Really? It was the weirdest feeling. What was it? Nerves or... I think, I mean, I mean, I think it's that, it's extreme nerves. You're about to meet your children Mm. for the first time and they're not a cute little baby in a bundle. They are, you know... a two-year-old living being and you're walking into someone else's house and Mm. you're in a completely strange and alien environment and it was one of it's it it was one of the worst feelings I've ever had for the sheer feeling so sick and oh my god but then the moment that door opened and her little face was there Mm. smiling honestly I that for me was one of the best and that's the thing that people need to take is that those moments that are just pure magic. Yeah. I can imagine for some people, maybe it's a, as we were saying, like it's a different process and maybe you don't feel that instant, mm. like overwhelming joy. Yeah, and like you maybe have to, it is more complicated And you have sometimes. to be prepared for that. And mm. you need to be prepared for that, that you don't necessarily, and it's okay not to love them straight away. Mm. It's a very strange process because you think, there's a child in front of you, you need to love them straight away. But it's okay if you don't, you know, you've Mm. got to get to know each other and you've got to go on this journey together. I think it's the same with even a lot of what a lot of birth mothers feel with having, (laughs) giving birth to their baby. There's this pressure that you're supposed to kind of feel this overwhelming love towards this thing that you don't Mm -hmm. know. And love kind of doesn't really work like that. You love something more, the more you get to know it and the more time you spend with it. So you love it more and... You know, I will say, though, that when we met uh, our daughter and son, I 
did love them straight yeah. away. I absolutely and did. And that's amazing when that does And happen. I think, and it is amazing. And I think I was so prepared that that wasn't going to happen, that that kind of took me by surprise right. in a wonderful way. And that was one of the hard, it was one of the most beautiful weeks of our life, but it was also one of the most hard. Did you stay like with the foster family? Were you no, living we in the stayed same locally. House? We stayed in a budget chain hotel which are uh, not designed to stay in more than one or two nights and we were there 10 nights and that must have been such an intense oh, and strange yeah, it was, 10 days it was it was so weird we were in a complete i just finished work you yeah know, so that alone as anybody will know when they've been on parental leave of any kind it's weird taking a step back from a job especially when mm-hmm. you're so it's such a huge part of who you are it's dealing with that we were in a completely strange environment mm. with nobody we knew um in a in a strange budget hotel <laughs> <laughs> and I i'm not sounding like a snob but it just Honestly, adds to but the like, it just adds surrealness to it. It just, of the Yeah, whole. it's just a weird, weird time. So you're in this incredibly strange. But then all you've got is the fact that you've got these kids. But then it's like, and I'm the most impatient person. I just wanted to get them home. You know, those days spending about two, three hours with them in the middle of the day and then going. You just can't wait to see them you again. You can't wait to see them again. You're you thinking kind of, about you them think all the time. what they're doing and you want updates on what they're doing. It's, it's, it's kind of like that. And so I just want to understand, like, once you did get get them home... Like that first night when you put them to bed in your house and you got into bed with your husband and you were in bed together and your kids are asleep in the room next door. What did you feel? Like that's, that makes, almost like makes the um, hairs on the back of my arm like stand up just thinking about how amazing that must have been. I think we put them into bed and we went downstairs and it was a... Yeah, get the wine. Whoa, what's happened? And I think what was so weird about it, and John and I have talked a lot about this to people, is it felt so normal. It was weird. You're it was dropped so right strange. into the middle of yeah. a parenting experience, aren't yeah. you? You're not there like people that who who have yeah. the babies that they adopt when they're newborn yeah. or have that newborn experience. Yeah. It like eases you into the moment suddenly. 100%. And I think sometimes that's why adoptive parents, Some I think we have a... Upper hand's the wrong word, but a kind, like there's so much training we go through as mm. adoptive parents. Like we go through training sessions, we have training groups, we go on training seminars, we have books with, we, we have to prove that we've read certain parenting books and done certain things. Straight and, and couples who've had IUI, donor conception, births mm. and surrogacy don't have that. And they're just handed a baby and go, crack on see you later yeah so and that's what i mean when i say we have a, a kind of different entrance into it yeah. and i think that's the thing with your situation is you just do it you because you don't on. have a choice yeah so yeah that's absolutely right you just you just crack on and just do it and it is a wonderful thing and you know, this is the start of our son family's journey and we will talk a lot about it and we will talk a lot to other people as yeah, well I mean, about that. I have so many more questions that yeah. I want to ask you and I'm sure our listeners have loads yeah. of questions too. Like mm-hmm. literally, how does it work? And also in an emotional sense, like mm. how are you feeling? How do the kids feel? Like there's so much to get into. Oh, it's and a Pandora's box. Of... We will be getting into we it. We will. So keep listening. We will. The one thing I will say, because it's a lot of, it's one of the key questions that comes up is it was really quick for us. But not in a super quick way. Mm-hmm. It took a year from the moment where we first walked into the adoption agency to register our interest to when actually they moved in. And weirdly, it was to the day. I was like, oh my God, it was a 
year, which is really freaky and really weird. But I, I just wanted to say that because also I think that's something a lot of people who are on their journey question is that it's, it's almost one of those myths, one of the many, hopefully we'll be breaking down about all different types of ways to become queer parents. But it, it, it doesn't, everyone's like, adoption takes so long. It doesn't, it really doesn't. It takes the right amount of time to prepare you and get you ready for it. And it can take time if you can't find the right children that are for you, but it can also be fairly swift as mm. well. So I guess if you're seriously thinking about it, you need to, and you start the process, you can't start it thinking, oh, well, we'll just start it and then maybe like then we'll be maybe, ready for it. Yeah, it's and, like, it goes, and it goes through, there are moments where it's happening really, 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 really fast and you're like, Whoa. again, you're like, fuck, <laughs> what's happening? And then there's moments where it just suddenly is, you feel like, hang on, we haven't heard anything in weeks. This is taking forever, what's going yeah. on? But it did take us a year day to day, to, from the, for the day of interest to the day when they moved in, which I think is pretty swift in my eyes amazing i can't wait to hear more well i will give more and like i said any questions anybody has here to answer but enough about me i thought <laughs> swiftly God. moved on you're Finally. like okay all right here we go lottie's time right so tell me lottie you're a mum of one <laughs> boring oh yeah, yeah. Um, how did you and your wife get to the point of deciding you even wanted a child so i think i have always wanted kids it's something i've known since i was a kid somehow i've Maybe because I'm an only child, I've kind of always thought it would be fun to have brothers or sisters, or I've always just loved children. I've loved, like, having younger children in my life growing up, and I think I've always been super confident that I want kids. I've never been quite sure how that would happen. I wasn't convinced that I wanted to actually carry a child myself okay. or physically give birth like because yeah, how was that conversation then when you had so that conversation like... so just to backtrack i guess the first conversation was like after three months of dating my now wife was me saying you know i really want kids one day and we were at that stage in our relationship when i think we were both 28 27 when we first met so it was kind of that age where it's like look is this is this it? Because if yeah. this isn't it, like, I don't really have time to mess around. Before you become a geriatric mother. Exactly. <laughs> so, um... The god-awful term. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, and my wife, um, my now wife, was always super honest with me and was like, it's not something that I've ever thought about, necessarily. It's kind of something that I abstractly th think that I'll probably have one day. But... I don't feel the same urge to to start a family in the very foreseeable future as you, but I'm really open-minded to it. So that was the start of our conversation, was me saying I really want kids, my now wife saying I don't not want kids. And that was kind Which of enough for me. Which is a good place me. to be, right? It's, yeah. yeah, I was like, I've got this. Yeah. She'll want it's kids fine. soon enough. It's fine. We're 28. We've got yeah. a bit of time now. Exactly. Yeah. So that was... And then I guess over the years... The conversation just evolved and, you know, it'd be something we'd talk about, like we'd be having a really nice dinner or we'd be on holiday together and had a few glasses of wine and it would be like, wouldn't it be amazing to have a family? And like every time we had the conversation, it sort of had evolved a little bit more. And then we got married and then it was like, let's do it. Let's just do it. And I think my wife by that point had kind of, we'd spoken about it so much and we'd kind of... I mean, we've spoken about it so much. And had you spoken as about lesbians the, do? And had you spoken about the how? 
So we'd spoken about the, yeah, we definitely want it. And then the how was the next conversation. And that was, in the end, came down really to work, I guess. I was um, I was the deputy editor of Elle at the time and I was applying to be the editor-in-chief. Um, and it felt like a really big job. Mm. Whereas my wife was in a job where she was thinking about leaving her full-time position anyway and going freelance. And it felt like if I could be the one that had the big job and she was going freelance, she could work freelance and have a baby. And um, she was up for it. She was at, she was actually really up for it in the end. So, But was there a moment in time where you thought, God, I would really like to be the one to carry the child? No. You never had that Not that at that feeling. time. So I was like, like, yes, you have the baby. That's cool. Let me experience what it's like. And I think maybe just my gender identity or my sense of myself I was just really and maybe actually because I knew how much I loved kids I just knew I'd be really good at being the other mother I just knew that I would fall in love with my daughter straight away yeah. even if she hadn't come out of me physically um, so then the next conversation for lesbian potential parents is who's the daddy like how the hell are we going to do this mm -hmm. because no amount of, you know, doing whatever lesbians do, which I, you know, who knows. Um, episode gonna, two. Yeah, episode two <laughs> uh, will make it happen. So we started to think and we were so obsessed with like thinking of what the right thing to do was and what the best thing to do mm. for this hypothetical unborn child would be. And we were really trying to think how would we feel as kids about knowing where we came from okay. and we both felt that we were such inquisitive children that we would have probably wanted to know absolutely who our biological father was so our first thought was we would um, try and have a baby with a friend as okay. a donor and so that was an option that we explored originally and for various reasons, we uh, had one friend who we kind of got quite far into the process with to the point of like drafting contracts. Then that completely unraveled quite close to sort of thinking, let's do this. Okay. So just, just, just to stop one second. So when you're, when you're drafting contracts and you're looking, is there somebody that's helping you with that? Or we is just it did it ourselves. To... Okay. I think I found one online. Okay. But yeah. especially if you Googled, Definitely. if you Googled IUI, pa donor conception, con like 100%. legal contracts, you'd find that. Yes, okay. there's all of that sort of stuff out there. Um, so that was the furthest we got and, and that unraveled. Um, and then we actually had two other male friends, uh, one straight male friend, one gay male friend, both offer, both come to us oh, wow. without us asking. Did you put it asking. on Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> wanted. <laughs> um, no, we... It, it was amazing and it felt like a really, really generous offer. Yeah. And with both guys, we... And because were they looking to have children as yeah, well? Yeah, they were thinking like, this sounds like it's an interesting arrangement mm. and we're open to it. And, you know, they went as far as getting their motility checked. Um, and interestingly, each of both of those guys both decided for themselves that it wasn't right for them. Um, and they pulled out, for once, want of a better expression. Okay. <laughs> Episode three. <laughs> yes. Um, 
And actually, in the end, we went with um, an anonymous donor from a sperm bank who we spent, you know, a lot of time thinking about who the right person was. And we chose someone. And I am so, so pleased we went with an anonymous donor. The thought now of having to factor in a third person, even if it was a friend who'd said they were perfectly happy to have nothing to do with the child. The thought now that me and my wife and our daughter Mm. would be together and we'd be like, oh so-and-so friend like we need to go and see him we haven't seen him for ages or like he'd just be something we were thinking about yeah and with the scenario we have right now it's just the three of us and that's really really nice so it was almost like we had to go through that whole process of exploring all those options before realizing that that was the right one for us and it absolutely was. Now, I do know people who have really great sort of queer parenting yeah. arrangements. where And we'll be speaking to them as well. Yes, we will. And, and that really works for them. So this is just what worked for us in the end. So bought some sperm, got it delivered to a clinic, went in on the right day, had IUI treatment, which is interuterine insemination which is very straightforward. It's not at all like IVF. There's no injections. So how, yeah, how is that different to IVF? Uh, there's no injections. It, it doesn't take place like in a test tube. It's literally, I mean, people say it's old oh, turkey baster. Right. It's obviously not a turkey baster, but it's... But it's a turkey sper- baster. <laughs> yeah. The sperm is deposited yeah. into where it needs to be yeah. via a quite yeah. straightforward method. Um, and then you sort of sit in this quite clinical room for like 20 minutes and that was awkward. The nurse like does it and then she leaves the room. So you and your partner are just left in the room and um, it's just like, okay, oh, now what? What do we do now? Yeah. So you're left in the room to just, I don't know, freak out about what you've just done. And then the nurse comes back in after like 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, that's it. Good. You're good to go. Then you wait two weeks and you do the pregnancy test and then... Um, wow. Bob's your uncle. I mean, there for us, is. like yeah. I, that makes it sound so. Well, I was going to say you made easy. it sound very easy and very simple. And I think there's a lot of different parts of that journey which we could probably go into a lot more detail. And we will. And we will do. And also, just to preface everything we're saying, like I know it's not that easy yeah. for some people. And maybe if we try again, or maybe if mm. I try something also to talk about. Yeah. Um, Maybe it won't be as easy for me. So I'm so conscious that... But that's why we also want to hear from other people as well. We're wanting to speak to our community and we want to hear from everyone. So if you do have a story and you do want to share and, you know, you want your your story to be told as part of Some Families, we are at Some Families Pod and our details are in the show notes. So please get in contact. Yeah, contact us on Instagram, which is my preferred means of communication personally. Um... Or Twitter. Yeah. Or, troll, Twitter. or troll us on Twitter. Yeah, troll yeah. us. Or get your Auntie Sal to communicate with yes. us on Facebook. So Auntie They're Sally the, yeah. is someone who will be making an appearance throughout the podcast. She is somebody who just asks the really impertinent questions. Like she'll come up to you sort of drunkenly clutching a big warm glass of white wine at a party and sort of ask you like yeah. who the real mum is. Or yeah. I don't know, just those questions that you're like, ugh, no. 
So we're going to be addressing some of those embarrassing yes. questions and giving you the tools and some ideas to for be, how you can yeah, to them. how you can answer them and and maybe you can play it to Aunt Sally as well. Yeah, just play the whole thing. And then we'll talk about some other things as well. You know, different subjects and topics that are you know that have come up along our our, our gay parenting journey. So. Yes. So we'll be talking about all of the issues mm-hmm. that are quite specific to gay and lesbian parenting and transgender and queer parenting of any kind because i think it's important also to say like so much of parenting is democratizing and so much of it is the same whether you're gay straight trans whatever but there there are some differences yes definitely and the more you know i get into being a parent the more i notice how many differences there are so We'll be talking about things like being the only dad or a gay dad at a mother and baby group. Yes, yes, because there's a lot of mummy and baby, mother fit, mummy this, mummy that. And as a gay father, it can be really alienating, really alienating. And I think sometimes even if you're just not a gay dad, whether you're just uh, Just a a hetero dad, just or any dad, and you're in that environment, then why should you maybe feel a bit alienated from it? And I think that's a really interesting area that I'd love to discuss and hear more from people who have experienced something similar. Yeah. And then, you know, and then all the other things that come with it as well. And like you say, there's everything you come across as a general parent anyway, but there's just a few little added things as a queer parent. Like, for example, what's your daughter going to do on Mother's Day? Exactly. Um, Yeah, so things like that, like are our children going to be bullied at school more than they would be if they didn't have gay parents? You know, what sort of language do we give them? What kind of tools do we give them to be able to explain where they come from, to be able to talk about their family confidently and with pride? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do we articulate that to our children so they can talk about it? We've got some great people coming on as well that we're going to be speaking to. Hopefully, anyone listening to this podcast will find something in it that resonates with them gay uh-huh. straight i mean i'm imagining most of you are gay if you've clicked listen to this podcast but maybe not and yeah, welcome welcome or... heterosexuals yeah. to our podcast yeah. you're, yeah. And, you're and, welcome and we welcome everybody everyone, everyone the world please yeah listen share with your friends um contact us and let's help make this a real movement and maybe we can affect some change in the way that mm-hmm. parenting is is viewed in society so. or just give you some reassurance along the way because it's bloody tough it it's is really and on, tough and on that note we've both got to go home we have oh God, our have kids we? are in bed oh yeah but it's done now they're in bed they are in bed but at the moment <laughs> my little girl has been waking up at 3 a.m wanting a snack so I've got that to look so forward to tonight. you've got to, to pop to the shops to get, some, <laughs> get a kebab on the way get home. Get a giant bag of Watsits. <laughs> and be like, here we go. <laughs> no, we give her Throw a banana, in obviously an organic banana. Um, <laughs> but on that note, Stu, it's been Aww. a pleasure. Cheers. I'm really excited and I'm really excited for this new Sun Family journey with you. Me too. To Sun Family. Good night, everyone. Some Families, a new podcast that explores every aspect of LGBTQ plus parenting. Subscribe now because seriously, you don't want to miss a single episode. Also, get in touch with us and tell us what you would like to hear more about at Some Families Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 